0: And a very good morning. You're welcome along to the programme. It's the Gardening Show here on Midwest Radio. And today we have a special programme because we're out and about. And Porrick, you're going to tell us exactly where we are today.
1: I certainly will. I thought I'd bring you back to my own garden, Vaev, for a practical because we're covering so much material and information on on the show. I thought it'd be nice to actually put some of that Good advice into action. So today we're going to cover a number of key topics. First of all, I'm going to give you my top five things to do this weekend because the weather is absolutely perfect for getting out into the garden. We're also going to talk about planting up for summer colour. In particular, we're going to plant up a hanging basket. I brought along a nice selection of plants. We're going to talk about the components and how to go about planting up the perfect hanging basket. We're also going to chat a little bit about fruiting plants because this is the time of year to get some interesting fruit into your garden and i'll also chat to you and show you how to plant up uh, another fruiting plant tomatoes aubergines peppers and chilies using the veggie pack. and as usual we'll take the listeners questions as well
0: now, we have some questions that we're going to do a little bit later on, but just to, for the listeners to give them a flavour of where we are. Where exactly are we in, in this beautiful building? What's it called?
1: This is called a palram. It's actually the Dallas set. And I believe it or not, I built this just before COVID. And boy, am I glad I did, because we've been using it over the last two years to sit out in the garden. It's a covered structure. It measures roughly about 20 feet by 10 feet. It's made of um, galvanised steel with a polycarbonated roof. The roof is, um, it's kind of tan in colour, so it keeps out the direct rays of sunlight. But it's absolutely fabulous, Viv, for sitting out, particularly in the wintertime, around Christmas, we use it a lot. I've got a fire pit here, a gas fire pit, to, to give some nice heat, some electrical heating up on the, the walls, and, of course, some cooking
0: units. Can I just be nosy for a second? Is yeah. it okay? What is that joke?
1: That's actually a char um Big Easy, so it's a traditional barbecue, but it also has a roastery. So if you're interested, say in cooking chicken or turkeys or roast ham or roast pork, it's the ideal unit. Yeah just, for, lift it up like that. yeah, just lift it up. You see the barbecuing unit right on the very top, and down in the cylinder you can actually have chicken or roast pork or roast beef roasting away. So I often, on a Sunday, will come out here and cook the Sunday joint. Literally on the the Big Easy. It's a really, really clever... uh, Of course, American-made, they're big into their barbecuing. So it's a perfect unit for not just, um, say, pizzas and your traditional hamburgers, but also for roasting joints as well. And beside it, I've got the traditional barbecue as well. So it's really... The Palram unit has given us great accessibility to the garden all year round. And it's the perfect area to do our demo today.
0: And, Porik... What do I see out in the garden going round in circles out there?
1: That's one of the robotic mowers, Viv. That's actually a Stiga mower and I find them absolutely brilliant because they keep the lawn in tip-top condition and it saves me a job for mowing the grass.
0: Now, you've done some work on that lawn, I can see it. What have you done with it?
1: Well, like we've advi- been advising people and listeners in particular on the um, in the last couple of weeks, the feeding of lawn is very... Important, And I have put the zero liquid on that probably back in mid-March and fed it with a good quality lawn feed. And you can see already it has greened up lovely and is in tip-top condition.
0: And, of course, a vast array of shrubs in your garden too. Does it take a lot of work to keep it maintained?
1: It takes a bit of work, Viv, but we can see in the distance the hostels are coming into. Uh, leaf at the moment they're growing really strongly at the moment the phlox is also doing really well and some of the shrubs have actually started to flower but again this is the time of year for feeding shrubs particularly with the weather we're having at the moment because there is significant growth it's also the time of year particularly for hostas and phlox to keep an eye on the slugs and snails and as i've mentioned before use the organic treatments the likes of the um Organic slug pellets are ideal. They work really effectively. Or you can use the garlic treatment. So this is one called grazers, which is a ready-to-go and just simply apply it onto the foliage of plants. And the other critical thing is to feed your garden plants now because many of them are showing some signs of stress over the winter time particularly browning yellowing in in plants at the moment that's a sure indication they need to be fed and we've got the perfect conditions at the moment
0: and of course you have your veggie pot over on the left hand side here Uh, what's your plan for that this year
1: So in the veggie pod, I've planted a selection of herbs, um, all the herbs that we traditionally use in the kitchen. I've also used a lot of cut and come lettuce, spinach is in there, Swiss chard, which is one of my favourite vegetables because you can use the stems and the foliage in, in Swiss chard. I've also got a couple of strawberry plants planted, and once it's planted, you simply just close down the veggie pod, obviously give it a good watering beforehand, and leave everything to develop over the next couple of weeks, and then start picking on a very regular basis.
0: Okay, then, let's get down to our five jobs.
1: Okay, so the first key job, if you're thinking of summer colour this year, the planting of summer flowering bulbs. So I brought you along a selection of bulbs. We've got the lilies, the liliums, which are, this is one called African Queen. It's a lovely dark yellow variety you simply just put in directly into the garden soil or you can put it into a pot or container and that's going to come into flower the middle of june and flower well into the summer but it makes the perfect plant for using as a cut flower in the garden and lilies come back year after year this is a lovely mixture called raspberry cocktail it's a cocktail mix of different varieties of lilies and again they're scented they come in whites pinks um, and, and shades of red and again you plant those directly out into the garden soil ideally in clumps of threes or fives putting them down about six to eight inches beneath the soil and uh, they're going to again give stunning color later on in the summer and I've also brought you the regal lily which is a beautiful white lily with pink Outer edges and and goes really well. And in particular, the raspberry cocktail is a brilliant one for pots and containers, Viv. Uh, It's really, really nice. The other bulb I brought along are the freesias. In particular, freesias have beautiful colours blues, yellows, whites, reds, shades of pink. Again, in that pack, there's 30 bulbs, so I would put them in groups of fives or six together. Again, in pots and containers, sit them on your patio, or indeed you can plant them out into. The, directly into the garden soil, but the beauty about friches is that they're highly scented. There's a beautiful, sweet scent from them. Again, they make a lovely cut flower, and again, you can plant them simply at this time of year. Also, bulbs like dahlias, crocosmias, they all should be planted now for summer colour. Okay, so, so that's the first job to do.
0: When you say Summer colour, how long will it take for all these bulbs to come up?
1: If you plant them this weekend, they're going to be in flower about the middle of June, about maybe the third or fourth week of June, and flower then right through until early August. Some, like the dahlias, will flower up until October. So if people have dahlias, even from last year, if you've got the tubers, get them out into the garden soil now or pot them up and get that growth started because they're still dormant this time of year.
0: Okay, so that's our first job. First job to do. Second
1: thing... I brought along some rose fertiliser and some of the Rose Rescue because this is the time of year for feeding roses. They've been pruned a couple of weeks back. They're actively growing at the moment, but you want to encourage that growth and a healthy Uh, rose plant to encourage flowers so this is the critical time to feed them so using something like the westland rose feed it's particularly good it's enriched with horse manure of all things they've added that to the mix you simply put a handful of the westland rose feed around the base of the rose you can see this rose here it's coming into full growth it's really healthy but the rose feed is very important because roses are hungry plants so whether it's climbing roses ground covering roses Bush roses are standard roses. This is the time of year to feed them.
0: And have we already pruned our roses this year? Yeah,
1: you can can see this rose that I brought along. That that was pruned at least a month ago. And you can see the amount of young growth that's on it. So it's hungry now. It needs to be fed. So that's what I'm going to do. Normally the feeding, you do it now and repeat it every month. So once a month we feed our roses. And once a month we apply the spray. To keep the bugs and the green fly and and the diseases off, so something like Rose Rescue is very good, or Rose Clear. Um, they're available and ready to use formulations like this one that you can simply just apply to the leaves straight away, or in a concentrated form that you can um, concentrated form that you can mix up yourself and apply. So look after the roses again. A really Good time of year Viv, for planting roses as well. So if you want a bit of summer colour, again summer scent, this is the time to plant roses in your garden. The other key thing, particularly for listeners that have greenhouses, polytunnels, um, enclosed areas, particularly if you've got um, lots of plants in there at the moment, the green fly are going to be coming around at the moment. So keep an eye on the green fly, particularly on tender plants. And if you've got a, a greenhouse situation, use the pest smoke. So this is a little treatment from Nippon. All you simply do is light the fuse. There are two units in each pack, so it'll cover quite a large greenhouse. You simply light the Nippon pest smoke unit, and that excretes a, a smoke into the greenhouse, and that will control any pests that are there. And it's very, very safe to use where you've got vegetables, fruiting plants. It saves you having to spray. So the smoke is actually bringing the, the treatment around and controlling any pests that are there. Now, speaking of pest, fifth people have been asking me about the nematodes. So these are nematodes are the natural parasitic um, organisms that are used to control Leather jackets in particular in the garden. So if listeners have lawned areas and they're showing signs of yellowing, if there are birds feeding on the lawn, that's a sure sign you've got leather jackets. You can also get leather jackets in tunnels, greenhouses and pots and containers. And they basically eat the root structure of plants, destroying the plants. This is the time of year to treat them. And if you want to treat them organically, use the nematodes. So they're available. That's a pack of nematodes there, Viv. All we simply do, Viv, is mix the pack of nematodes in a watering can or sprayer and apply it over the affected areas. The nematodes get to work straight away. They're a natural parasitic and they hunt out the leather jacket and control it. And the nematode that's used for leather jackets will also control other soil pests like cabbage root fly, which came up as a question last week, carrot root fly. So if listeners have vegetables and they're worried about any of the root flies, use the nematodes this weekend. They're available now and they should be applied in this sort of weather. The other good news is that nematodes are also available for slugs and snails. So if you've got a problem, say, on your hostas or other plants with slugs and snails and you want to control them organically, you can get this particular one, which is a slug and snail um, nematode and very effective. So they're available at the moment. They're generally, they come available once the temperature starts to rise and, and gets, a little, gets a little bit warmer. Again, Viv, at this time of year, I'm, I'm going to do it as a demo now in a couple of minutes. It's the time for planting up colour. So hanging baskets, window boxes, planted containers – this is the time of year, and this weekend in particular, to get those planted. And I'm going to talk to you about how we pinch them back, the sort of container to use, the compost to use. Remember, I've just chatted before about the nasturtium seed to use in the hanging baskets. We're going to be chatting about that as well. So they're the key jobs to get done this weekend.
0: Okay, so part two, we're going to be doing a little bit of planting, but for the moment, what we're going to do is we're going to take a very quick break, and we'll talk to you the other side as we plant for the next 10 or 15 minutes. Thank you. And you're welcome back to the gardening show here. Part two is where we're going to do some practical stuff, Porik. So uh, will I hand it over to you and let you do your stuff?
1: Yeah, so look at in this part of the programme, Viv. I want to show you how to plant up a selection of different containers patio planters window boxes and of course the traditional hanging basket now size does matter when it comes to containers remember you need to be getting a 14 or 16 inch basket this is one of the rattan baskets viv that i find very easy to plant because you simply just fill it with compost and start planting you can get the traditional wire baskets as well a 14 or 16 inch wire basket into that you can put some fresh moss if you want and indeed a liner and then fill it with the compost. But I just find these easier. And they, they're quite attractive, aren't they? They look really well, those particular baskets. Well, they actually the, looks,
0: they look fabulous, actually. And what are they called? Rattan? It's called
1: a rattan basket. The outer edge is covered in that rattan material. It's lined on the inside with a plastic liner. That's going to help to keep the moisture in, of course. And it's got a good, solid, strong chain. Now, the compost I'm using today is from Borden It's a grow-wise compost, a multi-purpose compost with a little bit of John Ennis added to it. To that, I mix some of the slow-release fertilizer. And this is a particular fertilizer from Groshior. It actually has six months of feeding contained within those little pellets. So I'm mixing about a good handful of that to the compost before putting it into the basket. And you can also add a little bit of the swell gel, and that helps to keep the compost nice and moist.
0: So So it's as simple as that. You're just putting in your compost and then adding in your granules into that.
1: Mix the granules in, add a little bit of the swell gel in, again, about a teaspoonful of the swell gel, about a handful of the slow-release fertilizer. Add that to the compost. And literally, I'm just packing it in here now into the compost, into the container. Remember, Viv, I mentioned this last week, to leave at least an inch of bring the compost just to about an inch from the top of the hanging basket and that acts as a well so when you're watering the plants it's going to store that water and it's going to flow into the compost so that's it full of compost once it's ready then the the next thing is your selection of plants really this is the fun part so Traditionally, in a hanging basket or in a container, you're looking for something tall in the centre. So here I've got a nice upright fuchsia. It's just beginning to flower now. This is one of the Bella fuchsias, which flowers literally from early May right through until October. A key tip with all hanging basket plants is to pinch them back. So what I'm using here is a little garden shears, small little shears. It's like a sharp scissors, and I'm removing the top points. So you'll hear me just clipping the very top of the fuchsia tips. So we're only taking off about half an inch of in yeah. the very tops. And the reason I'm doing that is to encourage lots of side branching and hence you'll get more stems and on those stems you're going to get more flowers. So I'm actually going to double the amount of flowers that this particular fuchsia is going to create. So I'm going to pop that right in the centre of the basket and firm it in well. Again, around the edge of the basket, you're looking to put in trailing plants. Plants that are going to cascade down over the edge of the hanging basket. This is a lovely plant called million Bells or Calipacoa is the botanical name for them. They're already in flower, but again, with the shears, I'm going to give them a very, very light trimming back. Again, I'm just taking half an inch off the stems and that's going to encourage lots of side branching and a Lots more flowers.
0: I love the colour of that. It's one. a
1: beautiful, isn't it? It's, it's a it's vi- isn't it? It's a, yeah, it's a real kind of violet purple, mm-hmm. but the common shades are reds, pinks, whites, yellows. The beautiful thing about the Calipacos is they, they flower right through until October. So I'm pushing that right in at the side of the basket, Viv trailing petunias these are the regular serfinia petunias and again they come in a whole range of different colors this one is one called hot pink which is a really good variety it'll be coming into flower in early june and again going on till october and these will trail anything up to a foot, maybe 15 inches out of the basket so they're great for giving vigorous growth and vigorous flower and again what am i doing i'm taking the side shoots off so you can hear the these snips they're just pruning them back just taking the side shoots off and that's going to encourage multiple flowering and again the the trailing petunias the surfinias come in a whole range of different colors so i'm packing that in i'm putting one center plant in the in the center i'm putting at least four to five of the trailing basket plants around the edge and to that then i'm going to add some mixed trailing lobelia so these come in packs of 12s. And in this particular basket, I'm going to put six plants of the trailing lobelia in. You just pop them in, in around the edge of the plant. So you can see there, I'm popping they're it lovely, in. And, and that's going to fill it up really yeah. well. So that basket is now complete. In it, I've got the trailing fuchsia in the centre. We've got the about five uh, trailing plants. I've got biden's, trailing petunia, the lovely calipacos. I've got white bacopa. And I got a lovely plant called Diasia pushed in. And then I've got six of the training lobelia added around the edge. Now, we're not just finished yet. The final tip, and I mentioned this a couple of weeks back and we got a great reaction, is to use the little seeds of nasturtium. So this is one called Little Gem. Or there's a lovely apricot variety as well called Peach Melba. And that has that lovely peach colour as well. Both are dwarf nasturtiums. You buy a simple packet of seed. There are 25 seeds in a pack, so that's going to do five hanging baskets for so me. Five, so five, five, five seeds. So as you can see, I have the basket planted. Give it a good watering now, and simply just push those seeds in. Space them equidistant. Go on, yeah. push one in there yourself. That's just it. Like that. Just simply push it in around the edge of the basket, Viv. That will germinate over the next couple of weeks, and it will trail and compete with the other plants within the basket to give you lovely foliage colour. You can see the colour of the foliage, but also beautiful flowers from the middle of June right through. And it's as simple as that, Fave. I know we haven't
0: really got time to do it, but you have some... They're beautiful, actually, those window boxes there and that uh, the pot over the there patio. as well. So what, what, what's the story with them? Are they similar to this? Similar, similar exercise. Again, we're going to use the GrowWise um,
1: uh, Bordemona compost, the multipurpose compost. I'm going to add some of the fertilizer into that, some of the, the GrowShore six-month fertilizer into that, a little bit of the swell gel. And again, when you're planting up hanging window boxes, you want the taller plants at the back of the... The, the window box so things like salvias and marigolds at the back or maybe taller petunias and again cascading plants many of the plants i've used already like the million bells like the training petunias like bacopas are all absolutely perfect for planting into the window box now remember you can also push in a strawberry plant if you want into your hanging basket and window box you can put in other flowering plants edible flowers like violas which work really well. The nasturtiums, of course, are edible as well. Indeed, if you want, you can mix flowers and herbs, flowers and vegetables. You know, there's no rule of thumb, as it were. You can decide what plants go in. But just that simple principle of having the trailing plants at the front of the basket and having the taller plants right at the edge. Remember to pinch them back as well. That encourages lots of flowering. And the other key thing then, Viv, is to liquid feed your hanging baskets, window boxes. Because we have so many plants in the container, they're going to need liquid feeding. So the feed I generally use is one called Blooming Magic. It's a simple liquid. You mix it in water, and whenever you... Well, generally about once a week, you give the baskets a good feed, and that's enough to keep them going right through to the end of the summer. So regular feed, regular watering, put them in a bright, sunny location, and you're going to get tons of color. The other plant I want to mention, Viv, are the begonias, the double-flowering begonias, because we often get questions looking for plants that are suitable, maybe for a shaded area, because many of the plants I have used here, the geraniums and the fuchsias, they require full sun and a bright sunny location. But if you want something for a shaded spot, a shaded patio, then use the double begonia. So this is the non-stop begonia. You can see it's about six inches high at the moment. This is going to give colour again from June right through to the end of the summer and it comes in a whole range of different colours pinks, reds, yellows, whites again just simply pot them up like I've done now you can use them in traditional baskets as well in window boxes but going is the fact that they tolerate shade doesn't mean that they're not happy in a sunny location. So you can put them into both. And um, same with the orange begonia. That's a beautiful variety. It's a trailing variety as well. The other plant I'd recommend for shade is one called the Busy Lizzie, And that does really well. And you can mix begonias and Busy Lizzy's together.
0: Now, you know how nosy I am, Pork. Can you tell me what that device is there you have?
1: Well, I brought this along, because this is actually a scoop. It's used for compost scoop. Or potting scoop, and people often find when they're filling up containers, you know, rather than using your hands to fill it up with, with uh, picking up the compost, you can use this potting scoop. So it's simply used for scooping up compost for filling into containers. It's quite deep and it takes a good shovel full of compost. I find it brilliant for doing up pots, containers, window box, and so on. It's just a handy little device.
0: And just before we move on to the fruit. Can I ask you about that lovely plant over there?
1: That's a plant that we've featured before in the programme, and you can get the the scent from here, the smell of it. It smells of lemons. And it's called Orange phase It's the lemon-scented geranium. It's a brilliant plant, ju- not just for the beautiful scent, but it's also great for keeping flies out of your home. And um, you can use, you can crush the leaves and, and put it into a little bit of water in a mister and use it on surfaces to keep flies away. And it, it's great for deterring bugs because it's full of citronella. And it, look, smell it there. It smells absolutely it smells beautiful, beautiful yeah. and lovely flowers on it as well. So they're available.
0: And just. What other plants could our listeners put into their pots and their hanging baskets and also their window boxes? Well, if you look
1: just over there on my own patio, Viv, you'll see the lovely dwarf coronet apple tree that I've grown in a container for probably four or five years now. And every year, that particular tree, it's a family tree. It's got two different varieties in the one on the one tree, in the one pot. So it's one tree with two different varieties. And that gives me about 30 apples every year and sitting on the patio. And it's in full flower at the moment. The bees are absolutely loving it. But speaking of fruit, and, and you can grow many fruiting plants in pots and containers on your patio. We mentioned the strawberries already. Blueberries work really well. You can also grow red currants um, and even things like black currants in a pots and containers. But also for listeners, speaking of fruit, if you've got a tunnel or greenhouse... May is the month to plant a grape vine. So if you want to grow your own grapes, Viv, here in Ireland, they grow exceptionally well in a polytine tunnel or a large greenhouse. And that's a grape plant. Look at the size of it. It's about a foot at this stage. By the end of the summer, that plant will be at least six or seven feet in height. You train it up the side of the tunnel and right across the roof of the tunnel. And within three to four years, it starts to produce grapes and fruits every year after that. In the west of Ireland. Here in the west of Ireland, a great example, if people are visiting the Museum of Country Life down in Turlock Park, they've got a fabulous old grapevine grown in one of the lean-to greenhouses. a great example of how to grow grapes here in Ireland. and They produce beautiful grapes. This is a green variety, but it also comes in the lovely red varieties as well. And they're super easy to grow. Again, speaking of fruiting plants... Couple of if you, again, if you've got a greenhouse tunnel or maybe a large patio, covered patio area or conservatory, try the aubergines. That's an aubergine plant ready for planting now. I've also brought along some chilies, peppers. These are the red chilies and the green uh, chilies and also the red peppers and green peppers as well. This is the time of year to start planting them up. And the easiest way to grow them, including the dwarf tomato plants, I brought you along the tumbler there's the tumbler tomato plant, which is lovely in hanging baskets and containers, is to grow them in the veggie bag. And this is a veggie bag, Viv. It's roughly about a metre high. You fill it at the base of it with compost. You plant in your tomato plant, the tumbler, into the centre of the veggie bag. Give it a good watering. Zip it up and sit it on your patio area in a sunny location, and that will give you loads of fruit this summer. But you can also grow the chilies, peppers, aubergines. They all work brilliantly in the veggie
0: bag as well. The veggie bag is a great thing, and I know uh, that they really, really are so, so maintenance-free, aren't they? Yeah, well, a, a common question I get asked is about growing
1: plants out of doors, and how do you keep the cats, the birds, the small dogs and so on from getting at your plants? And the lovely thing about the veggie bag is that you simply zip it up. Yeah. So once you plant it, and that's what I'm doing here now, you simply just zip up the top of the bag. It's made from an Mesh, which keeps all the bugs out. So the greenfly caterpillars can't get in at the, at the plants, nor can any of your pets get in. But more importantly it allows air in, it allows moisture in, so the plants grow as if they're in a mini greenhouse, simply on your patio. And you can use it for simple things like salad leaves, cut and come lettuce, spinach, Swiss chard, all those plants that I Mentioned earlier, can be grown in the veggie bag as well. What is that? That is actually a hazel plant. So, you often hear of the wild hazel. Irish, Ireland is w- well known for the hazel growing in the hedgerows. It produces the lovely hazel nuts in the autumn. And this is a cultivated variety. It's one called red zeller nut, and it produces these beautiful red nuts, hazel nuts. Every autumn, it's a cultivated variety of the common hazelnut. It's also got beautiful bronze foliage, which makes it very attractive in the garden as well. But it produces, it's a fruiting variety of hazelnut. You grow it in your garden. It's totally hardy out of doors. A little bit of pruning, a little bit of feeding in the springtime. And apart from that, it awards you a beautiful cobs of hazel, red hazelnuts every autumn. So it's a variety called red Zellernut.
0: And the first time I've ever seen that. I think that's a great idea.
1: And really, really easy to go, so grow. So if people have a small fruit area in the garden, try some of the hazelnuts. But blueberries, red currants, black blackcurrants, they're all available for planting now. And the weather conditions and soil conditions in May are absolutely perfect for planting fruit in the garden. And a great way to get children interested in gardening. It's also for listeners that have... Fruiting plants in the garden, Viv, they're going to be flowering very shortly. So now is a critical time to feed them. So my coronet apple tree, I'm liquid feeding it at the moment with a high potassium feed. So if you use a rose fertilizer, both the liquid or a granulated form is brilliant for all fruiting plants. Or a good, a good uh, shrub fertilizer like Pro 6 works really well. I'll give them about a handful at this time of year.
0: And before we go to the break, could you talk to me just very quickly about wildflowers?
1: It's It's a great time of year. And I mean, look around the hedgerows at the moment. Many of our native wildflowers are flowering like like the beautiful yellow celadine or dandelions are flowering. Daisies are blooming at the moment. But if you want something a little bit more ornamental, this is a really good time of year for planting wildflower seed in general. Soil conditions are ideal. Temperature's perfect at the moment. All you need is a spare patch in the garden. So say you have in your vegetable gardener, you've got, got a rough area in the garden. That's the perfect place to plant some wildflowers. All you need to do is rake off the soil, prepare a rough seed bed, get some garden lime, which is available in any garden centre, shake it on the soil. Get yourself then a box of wildflower seed. They come in a whole range of different varieties, from the tall meadow, traditional wildflower meadow to shorter varieties that are only going to grow a foot or 18 inches high. So depending on your location and how high you want the flower, wildflowers to grow, there is a mixture of wildflower seed suitable for lots of different uh, locations, including shaded areas, their collections for scent. You can get wildflowers specifically for birds. You can get wildflowers specifically for butterflies or for bees. So there's a whole range of different collections that the seed houses have mixed together for, for different uses. So look for those in your local garden centre and May is the perfect time. It's nature's time. If you think what's happening around us, lots of plants have produced their seed. That seed is beginning to germinate at the moment.
0: So it's a super time of year for sowing wildflowers. Thank you for that. I think at this stage we'll head away for a break and we'll be back with the final part of the programme after these messages. And you're very welcome back to the final part of the programme. Now, And this is the part, Pork where I've got some questions for you from last week. I want to cover them with you. First one is, can you recommend a couple of the more traditional varieties of tomatoes? The vine types with good flavour. Uh, the listener has a large greenhouse and would love to fill it with bigger tomato varieties. Any ideas? OK, Yeah. some of the
1: old varieties. Well, you've got, so first of all, the vine, what they mean by the vine types. These are tomato plants that will grow about five, maybe six feet in Height. so you need a bit of space for them and they'll generally produce pounds of fruit, of the big size fruit so you can go for very tasty varieties like Alicante which is a really nice one, Moneymaker does really well, if you want the more smaller cherry type tomatoes, go for Gardener's Delight which is a beautiful variety it's like bunches of grapes hanging off that particular variety key thing with the vine tomatoes is to stake them well, make sure you put down a good bamboo cane, space the plants at least 18 inches to 2 feet apart to give them plenty of air circulation once they produce their flowers and the fruit is beginning to form start to feed them weekly with blooming magic or a good tomato fertilizer every week and particularly when the fruit is ripening you want to wash them nearly every day or certainly every second day to keep the so that it allows the fruit to swell really well.
0: So, a perfect time of year for planting tomatoes. Okay, the next question we have is uh, The listener has a lot of green fly on the new growth on some of her shrubs and the flowers. What is good to use to clear these pests on outdoor plants, and should the listener also feed them?
1: Yes, so the feeding of shrubs, again I I mentioned this earlier, particularly May, we feed the shrubs now because they're actively growing, that's going to encourage new growth and again feed them in about 6 weeks time and I would put on the Osmo Pro 6 now, just a handful around the base of each plant, hedging plants, trees, shrubs herbaceous border plants like lupins, like the hostas I mentioned earlier, they'll all benefit from a good feeding at this time of year because of the warmer temperatures, of course we're going to start seeing greenfly, whitefly, blackfly aphids in general beginning to appear here caterpillars in a couple of weeks' time. If you want something safe to use on a wide range of plants, both herbs, vegetables, fruits and garden shrubs, a very good one would be bug clear. So bug clear is a liquid. You mix it in water, you apply it onto the foliage of the plants and that'll eradicate any, any kind of creeping or crawling pests, any sap sucking pests like um, green fly. Um, and particularly keep an eye out on lupins in particular, keep an eye out on roses and also beech hedging of all things tends to suffer from a small white aphid later on in about around the end of May and keep an eye for that and treat it. And also boxwood, people have those lovely boxwood hedges and boxwood in containers, keep an eye out for white aphid. Again feed them at this time of year but also give them a little tre- treatment of the bulk clear.
0: You mentioned lupins there. Uh, this listener has lupins that they planted last summer from seed. They're growing really strong and look great. Will you ask Porick? I'm going to ask you. Uh, will they flower this summer and what do I do to protect them? As I love lupin flowers and it's a fabulous scent. I didn't realize it Oh, Well, there's a lovely
1: scent of, of lupins. Such an easy plant to grow. And, um, you know, it's one of those real old cottage garden plants. So it's still a plant that you can plant from plants at this time of year. And um, the listener said they sold it from seed last summer. So that listener obviously has got very strong lupin plants. They will come into flower towards the end of May into June. Two things to watch out for them. So certainly feed them at this time of year with the the Osmo Pro 6. But secondly, do put a preventative spray of the Bug Clear onto them because lupins, there's a specific aphid that attacks lupin called the lupin aphid of all things. It's a large green fly and does destroy them. So make sure you to look out for that. Feed them and do keep an eye for the slugs and snails as well because they absolutely love our lupins. So feed them now, treat them with the bug clear and keep an eye on, on use some of the organic pellets for the
0: now we've given a lot of information out on window boxes and other bits and pieces today, but here's one for you. Uh, what are the best plants to, uh, for window boxes that will be in shade or a slight shade? Uh, would love to know. Love to have flowers on my windowsill and patio to flower from June to autumn. Uh, Joey's wondering what would be suitable.
1: Um, well, the, the perfect plants are the double begonias I mentioned earlier, the big non-stop begonias. They're going to be absolutely superb. And I would mix the busy lizies with them. I'd also mix some summer flowering pansies. Would be very good in a shaded area and tolerate um, that really well. You could also use a trailing plant called Nepeta which is grown for its foliage rather than its flower and does very well in shade. So a mixture of non-stop begonias, some busy lizzies, some summer flowering pansies, and then, then impede to right at the front or maybe some variegated ivy to trail down the front and all of those will tolerate shade.
0: Now we've done a lot of talking about vegetables over the last few weeks, but I have a listener here that's wondering, uh, they say, I'd love to grow peas and beans with my children this spring. Should I sow them from seed or plants or do I, do I start them indoors? Are are outside. Also any tips on growing them?
1: Well, they're very very simple to grow. That's the first thing. Brilliant for children because peas and beans are quite large. The seed is quite large, very visible, very tactile, very easy to sow. You can direct sow out into the garden soil. There are plants available at the moment. So you get pea plants um, that are six or seven inches high that were sown at least three weeks ago, and they can be planted out now. So I would actually do a bit of both. I'd plant the pea plants directly out into the garden soil. I'd also sow some seed. A really good variety is one called Onward. Which, which works really well. Or the Mange 2 peas are lovely as well because they're the sh- sugar snap peas. The kids can eat the pods and the, the, the entire um, pod. They're absolutely lovely in salads so they can be cooked as well. And the same applies to beans, broad beans and French beans. French beans are better sown indoors, but broad beans can be sown directly out of doors now. And same with all the vegetables. They're all available in plants at the moment. The parsnips, the carrots, the cabbage, the cauliflower, the Brussels sprouts, the kale plant them as plants now directly out into the garden soil and get the kids involved and plant little and often is the secret to growing vegetables.
0: Now, I did make a start, by the way, on my uh, basil that you gave me last week. Uh, So I'm hoping now... In the the coffee cup. In the coffee cup. Best thing I ever saw. Now, our final question for the show, and I want to do a recap about some of the stuff we talked about earlier. Uh, but this is our final question. I would love to grow some tomatoes and chilies out on my patio. Now, it's a sunny patio. Uh, it's a little windy, though. Uh, is there a special pot they can use and where to start? Any idea, Frank So, first of
1: all, Frank should keep them inside, certainly for the next three weeks. So, keep those tomatoes... The, the ideal varieties for patios are really those that are short in stature, so the likes of Red Perfusion. Totem is a really good variety for out-of-doors. A little early to put them out just yet. Same with the peppers and chilies. Better to keep them inside in the so Let them grow on a little bit till they're a little bit stronger. first week of June is time enough. And I would actually put them in the veggie bag. Remember the veggie bag I showed you to you earlier? You can zip up the top of it. It keeps the wind chill out. It keeps the frost out. It keeps the pests out as well. And peppers, chilies, aubergines and butter tomatoes will do very well for Frank in the veggie bag.
0: Okay, then, just before we finish up, I know we, at the top of the program, we talked about a lot of different things. And I know listeners will be wondering, what did he say about that or what did he say about this? So just let's recap before we finish off, uh, because I know next week we're back in studio next week, aren't we?
1: We sure are, yeah, back in studio. Um, So look at the key thing, the weather is fantastic for the next couple of days. Get out into the garden, feed your garden plants, feed your lawn to get that lovely green colour. Keep an eye on on pests, certainly. So if you've got roses in the garden, feed them, but also put on the Rose Clear or the Rose Treatment. Plants like lupins that are susceptible to aphids as well, keep an eye on those. If you've got fruiting plants in the garden, like blackcurrants, gooseberries, gooseberries in particular, we always get the question about gooseberry sawfly. This is the time of year to put on a preventative treatment like the bug clear to control that. Watch for the slugs and snails, Viv. Get on the organic treatments. Here's one for you, the Copper Tape. There it is there. That's absolutely... Leone, who works with me in our Turlock Centre, was telling me yesterday she grows hostas in big pots on her patio. And she uses the copper tape, which is like sellotape, but it's copper. And once the slug touches it, it won't go any further. So her hostas are absolutely pristine within her pots. So if you've got particularly plants that are susceptible to slugs in pots and containers, use the slug barrier. It's a, it's a copper tape that just goes around the edge of the pot.
0: And you can use that on the veggie pod as well. You, the the veggie, veggie
1: pod, pod. you yeah. can use it any, on any container, and it just keeps, and it lasts for, forever. Um, so that's a key thing. Start liquid feeding your plants. I use the Blooming Magic, that particular liquid feed there. It's also the time of year for planting up our hanging baskets, window window baskets and patio planters. Remember the plants I use, the fuchsias, the geraniums, all the trailing plants. Don't forget the little nasturtiums, the little gem, tutti frutti, or that lovely peach coloured variety, which is called Peach Melba, which is a lovely variety as well. They're brilliant in pots and containers. Again, the time for feeding fruit and again putting on the fruit treatments just to keep the bugs off them, but also the planting of fruit. Remember, you can put a grapevine into your tunnel or greenhouse absolutely brilliant for listeners that do have greenhouses particularly planted up with plants at the moment i highly recommend the nippon smoke uh, treatment that smoke bomb you simply light it and um you keep it in in the glass house and that gets rid of any pests in a very safe way tomatoes we featured those both in questions this is the time of year for getting those tomatoes planted now and um, that's really, sowing of seed. I actually brought a selection of seed along as well, Viv. Uh, we probably haven't time to go through them. But things like the Swiss chard are ideal for sowing now. That's a lovely variety called Bright Lights. The cabbage, there's one, a cabbage called Golden Acre, which I particularly like. It's an F1 variety. It M- makes these beautiful, small, round heads of cabbage. Very tasty, but brilliant in glasshouses or tunnels or indeed out in the garden soil. Broccoli, this is the time to sow broccoli seed. That's one called Green Magic which again produces lovely green heads. The time to sow swedes and turnips. Again, this one is called Ruby. It's actually a very sweet-flavoured um, suede. very easy to sow directly out of doors. And remember, the plants are available, available at the moment. And finishing on radish, this is a lovely variety called French Basket 3. It's, it produces lovely large rash, radish, and if you've ever eaten radish, they're, they're delicious. There's Um, that lovely kind of apple flavour to them and they're lovely in solids and, and so on so the sowing of seed, the planting of plants planting of vegetables and herbs look, it's perfect gardening weather
0: and you know the two stars of the show for me today Go on. one was the hazelnut yeah. and the other was the grapes grape, unbelievable grapevine.
1: it's so easy to grow and the hazel the hazel fruit can be planted directly out of doors it's totally hardy produces lovely red cobs and then of course the the grape vine i mean there's nothing lovelier than to see the grapes hanging in the middle of the summer and they're actually a very simple and easy fruiting plant to grow as long as you've got a tunnel or greenhouse
0: well, look, thank you very much indeed, Porek, for inviting me along to your beautiful garden, your beautiful pearl ram, and showing me all the lovely plants that you have here. Hopefully the listeners will have got something out of it this week and we'll be back in studio, as I said, next Saturday morning, just after nine o'clock. But for the moment, thanks to Teresa on the phones for looking after everything for us. And we will leave you now and we'll talk to you again next Saturday morning, just after nine o'clock.